You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We've got a good show. We're going to talk all about the new McLaren uh, hybrid that they're putting together. We're going to talk about uh, an electric crate motor, which could be kind of cool. And Ken Block uh, builds his daughter a Fox body Mustang with the uh, with a vanilla ice theme, and she may or may not love it. <laughs> we'll find out. Before we get started, let me tell you about Madison Reed, Mister. Uh, maybe you're working from home, staring at you or your coworkers gray hair on a video calls. Well, are you thinking about coloring it? You're not alone. Madison Reed, Mister. It's gray hair blending, natural color. For your hair and beard. I saw this before. I saw the before and after shots. They look great. It's not that that shoe polish look. It's actually very, very good. Maybe you just want a little more pepper and a little less salt. Well, Madison Reed Mister makes it easy to find your color uh, match on their website. It's quick and easy. Just apply the color gel to your hair, then uh, then the activator. You wait about 10 minutes. You rinse it and shampoo it, and uh, uh, you're ready to go right out the door. Tell us about it, Kalen. Go to MadisonReedMister.com. That's MadisonReedMR.com. And use code ADAM10 for 10% off plus free shipping on your first box of Madison Reed Mister. One more time. That's code ADAM10 at MadisonReedMister.com. Hey, sports fans. Adam Carolla here. I want to tell you about my new daily sports show, All Balls, All Sports. Join me and my co-host, comedian sports expert Jeff Cesario, five days a week as we get into the daily news from the world of sports and gambling. From NFL and NBA game action to off-the-field shenanigans, there's no sports topic too hot for All Balls, All Sports. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts and find us at podcastone.com. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg, uh, coming in from Texas. How are you, Bill? I'm good. I get that wake-up call of the intro, so uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm finally bright-eyed and bushy tail to get you uh, gets a little fired up, getting that... Uh, Getting that uh, big burnout out there. Uh, CarCast brought to you for, by our friends over at Dodge. It's time for Dodge Power Dollars. That means for every horsepower of your new ride, you get $10 off the purchase of a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. So come in for Dodge Power Dollars today for an amazing deal. Oh man, there's been uh, all kinds of uh, all kinds of stuff going on. Some a couple of fun things that are out there for sure. Uh, we, we spoke a little while back about our friend, our friends at McLaren, you know, we're fans of the brand and we were talking about, well, we talked about a couple of things. One, we talked about them, uh, uh, selling their facility and hopefully the new owner would lease it back to them, get a little funding in the door and, uh, survive this, uh, global pandemic that's going on, which, uh, uh, seemed like an interesting proposition. Uh, no word as to if that happened or not, but they are yeah, so definitely no no updates on that whatsoever. No updates on on whether they sold it or borrowed against it or did something with it. Uh, it was, uh, you know, I also I think like that type of announcement garners a bunch of attention and. Uh, it 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 brings some people to the brand, kind of reminds them again that McLaren's out there and uh, selling cars is a good way to to help them. And it probably did bring some 
money people to the door. Maybe not somebody who bought the facility, but maybe line of credit. Maybe there's you know some some other investments. Maybe there's something else uh, going on. But they seem to be moving ahead, and we obviously want them uh, to to be around. We're, we're fans of the brand. Well, it sure doesn't look like they're in any trouble by the moves they're making. Right. You know, what's interesting is no secret that one of my favorite cars is their 720S. Then they came out with this hotter version, this uh, 765, I think. And uh, my buddy's buddy's getting one. Yeah. You know, so I saw the car. It looks fantastic. I like some of the cosmetic bits and the aero bits that they did to spice up the 720S a little bit. But understandably, it could be a little bit rougher suspension, and those lightweight seats look badass, but really uncomfortable, if you ask me. So I'm curious to know how streetable that of a you know that car is the 765, and uh, uh, I. Last week when we had Alistair in here and he sort of closed things out saying uh, he was going to go out and drive one of those. He has an opportunity to get in one of the 765. So I'm very curious to see what he says compared to the 720 or what he's going to say as far as just sort of livability in the car. Understandably, that may be not why you're buying the hotter version. If you want the street car, get the 720S. If you want the hotter version, get the 765. But uh, that's not the world we live in. You know, we kind of like want the 765 because it's new and it's better and it has it looks a little better. And we just, you know, so I, I it's interesting. It's like, can you get the 765 and then just say, yeah, I, I just want it with the street seats in it. I want like normal seats, comfortable seats in it. And then you just drive around and, and whatever they're. Yeah, yeah. Anything could be had for some money, right? So, and then you just sort of drive around uh, in the d- different uh, suspension modes, and you're in some sort of street mode or comfort mode or whatever. And then uh, I, I would imagine that is doable. I figured it it would be doable. Look what with Porsche did with, I believe, it was GT3. It had the big wing, Anything's and it was kind of crazy. And then they came out with the touring version, which just looked like a 911 with no big wing on it, and. And uh, I think a, a, a more normal seat, and it turned out that one actually sold really well. Is people were just like, hey, I just want the GT3, but it, I want to be able to drive it on the street and not have to climb out of a racing seat and and yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, kind of interesting on the McLaren side. Uh, but the other thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago was McLaren moving toward hybrid systems. Uh, you know, similar to what we've seen in the Acura NSX. And they, they've released a couple of uh, – not not spy photos, but they have photos of the car all wrapped up in the camouflage. It's, it's, and uh, it's their first hybrid system car. It's their hybrid system uh, powering one of the sports car series. So the 570s and the 620s uh, that we've seen, uh, that first segment of sports cars, not the supercars or their hypercars. They have sort of three, I guess, three segments of or classifications of cars, sort of a small, medium, and large, if you will. And uh, uh, it's, it, you know, it doesn't look like a huge departure from the 620R that's on the streets now. Uh, the hybrid system is kind of interesting. They're saying twin turbo V6 power, which 
You know, we've had this discussion before. If you would have said twin turbo V6 uh, for a supercar, we'd be like, eh, I don't know. Eight's the way to go. But with all the great success of what, uh, you know, uh, 4GT has done and arguably performance of uh, of Acura NSX, um, not necessarily sales. I love the car. I think it's fantastic to drive. Uh uh, but I just don't know if the sales numbers are there. But it's a it's a halo car they're going to continue doing, I believe. Uh, so the hybrid uh, the hybrid system, what they told us was it'll officially be revealed uh, early to mid of next year. Uh, twin turbo V six. Um, they said they the statement was. It will have an electric mode of up to roughly 20, 21 miles, somewhere in that range. They basically said it would fit the normal commute, you know, like go to work commute of somebody. Then you, you, it, but what's Good interesting, luck. yeah, what's interesting about that statement was if it can do it in electric mode, that sort of implies it's a plug in electric, a plug in hybrid. So you could, Leave it in electric mode as long as you're not flooring the gas, which automatically probably kicks in the the gas engine and stuff, or limits speed if it's just an electric mode. Um, but again, this really just starts to feel more and more like an Acura NSX competitor uh, as far as its functionality and its and its hybrid system. Uh, although I don't, I don't now that I think about it, I don't think the NSX is plug-in hybrid. But um, I would say the McLaren's probably plug-in hybrid. It's going to have maybe 21 miles of all-electric mode if you didn't want to use the gas engine at all. Um, I don't think that 21 miles is a particularly fast 21 miles. I think you kind of need the, the point. I think you kind of need the, the gas engine to, to, to kick in along with it. Um, but what I do find interesting, and one of the things that I found uh, on the NSX was – I, I like the idea of the hybrid powertrain with the electric motors filling in the gap of turbo lag. It gets you that it gets you that shot of torque off the line and gets the car moving for that you know, you know gets the car moving to a point where that where the gas engine kick in and have those turbos kick in. Now, keep in mind, when you floor it, all of this happens very quickly. You can just wind out that thing very fast. But it's that initial, like, shot off the line with the electric motors and the full torque capacity of those electric motors. Just getting that thing moving from a dead stop, I really think kind of makes the difference. And I would imagine that with the right programming, if you're throwing this thing around the turns – let's say at, at a Laguna Seca, that's where I think the torque can come in with those electric motors in combination of of the gas engine as well. And that's where the electric motors combined with the gas engine is really going to benefit uh, the supercar and the hypercar, even the sports car world is having that combination of, of the two. You know, a, a few weeks ago, we had this conversation with uh, Christian von Koenigsegg as well, and he was talking about the Gemera and his amazing little three-cylinder engine that puts out over 600 horsepower and very lightweight. But he was just saying, hey, it's the combination of the electric motors and that gas engine. And obviously that gas engine 
uh, needs a lot of RPM, you know, for it to really kind of make its power. And it, it, it's not really going to be able to make all the torque it needs to make to move that big car around. And having those electric motors there make all the difference in the world. And obviously, I, I mean, who better than Koenigsegg to sort of figure that out uh, and sort of dial that in? And I know other car companies are doing it. We've seen it with LaFerrari and, and McLaren P1 and uh, uh, and others that have been doing it and doing it successfully. But, you know, a company like Koenigsegg sort of seeing that as the future of their brand and now McLaren seeing that as the future of their brand, everything is going to be some sort of a, a, a hybrid model. Uh, which is uh, it, it's interesting. I'm I'm a fan of it. I like the idea of electrification for the sake of performance. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, Alistair was in here and he did a three way drag race between a new Porsche 911, a Shelby GT 500, and uh, man, I even forgot what the third car was. Maybe it was a Tesla. It was like a Tesla Model 3. And uh, no, it was Corvette C8. I'm my, I'm my bad. Corvette C8. So Corvette C8, GT500, and 911. Uh, not even the S, just a base 911, which is, I don't know, 375, 400 horsepower um, with PDK transmission. And in their three-way drag race, the 911 came in first, even though it was... I mean, damn near half the horsepower of the GT500. Uh, and in in that race, Alistair was driving the GT500. Uh, but this is sort of where I, I think you and I would agree as well. The Porsche came in first. The Corvette was second. The GT500 was last in the drag race, uh, mostly because or all because of a traction issue Good with the GT500. But... When we spoke to Alistair and I said, you drove all of those cars all day on the track. Which car would you take home? And he said, just for for shits and grins, the GT500 all day long is so much more fun to drive. It's just the sounds and its bruteness of it uh, uh, was fun. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could commute in that 911 all day long and just have a perfect sports car. And the Corvette's fantastic. Uh, in in all regards, and he said, but just just the smile factor. Uh, GT five hundred was putting a big grin on everybody's face on his team over there, and I, I get it. It's not it's not going to be the fastest. It's going to be limited by traction, and uh, you know you know obviously we're we're sitting here with you with a guy who took a who took a a, a Dodge Charger, which in Hellcat with basically gets no traction in stock form and turning it into 1500 horsepower with a parachute, <laughs> you know, how ridiculous is that? I mean, yeah, so, with, with the slicks on it and the right track prep and everything else, you'll, you'll, you'll hook up and you'll run incredible numbers. But, uh, I, you know, that's not how you're going to use the car. You will at some point, I'm sure. But, uh, this is just uh sprinting down the driveway and, <laughs> and uh it's a shits and town. giggles that's, category that's really man. what they're, it is they're completely just... different animals it's just i can i can see the gt500 being that car of choice compared to those other two yeah i, I think the fun factor is there and uh it's nice to have those options that are out there 
uh, which is which is kind of interesting. So anyway, I like the idea of what what M- McLaren is doing. Hopefully, uh, we'll be able to get in one of these cars at some point. But uh, speaking of electrification, this uh, bit of news has been popping up. I think it originated on Instagram with the companies that make this product and then sort of kind of spread from there. But it's a company called EV West. And uh, they do things in the electric motor battery uh, department. And although we've seen at SEMA this past year, we saw a few companies going toward electric. We saw Jonathan Ward with one of his derelict cars that had a, uh, I think it was a Cadillac, and it had an electric drivetrain in it, something he cut apart with a Tesla, which was kind of interesting. Um, GM had a truck, like an old C10 that they called an E10, I believe, and it had a full Chevy Volt uh, drivetrain in it, an electric drivetrain in it. Um, I think they pumped up the numbers a little bit. It wasn't... The fastest thing in the world, but you know, it was zero to 60 in five seconds and it had a, a bed full of batteries. So the range was probably pretty, pretty big, but they sort of toyed with the idea of making electrification available in the aftermarket. So that's what this company EV West is doing. They're, they're offering up a crate motor package. I want to say motor and not engine because we're talking a lot electric motor here. They take a Tesla motor. And it looks like they put a coupler on the back. It looks like a billet machined coupler that has uh, would attach directly to a drive shaft. So no, no transmission needed. It's electric motor, um, uh, and it's it's positioned in a way where the electric motor goes directly to this coupler, and then there's a U joint that goes directly to a drive shaft. And they've developed a system that allows this motor to drop in roughly the size of a small block Chevy, and it'll sit on LS or small block Chevy motor mounts. So you could arguably take a vehicle, even a muscle car with a small block Chevy or something with an LS swap, and put this in there. Now, of course, you're going to have to fit batteries and cooling system for batteries and things like that. Uh, so I liked the idea. I was reading about it and going until you saw the price. Yes. So I liked the idea, <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, I I'm not opposed to doing electric uh, muscle car or something like that." I even thought about it with with the truck for a minute, with the lightning for a minute. I have a bed. I can put some batteries in it, but I don't want to completely use the bed. Uh, I like the idea, and the way they are using this motor, the way they're configuring it. It's going to have a 600-horsepower output and over 900 pound-feet of torque. So by no means is this thing going to be slow. Whatever you're going to put it in, uh, it's going to be uh, outrageously powerful. And they're talking about in the future offering the Tesla P version, which is – I think they're just using the wording for the P for the performance that Tesla has. But it's probably, I don't know, the same motor with different 
software or or maybe it's a slightly different motor. I can't and before you sure. get into the price, what's the added weight, average weight of the of the battery pack? So that's that's the thing I think you can scale up or down. I don't know how much the electric motor weighs with this billet coupler. But I, I don't know that that's particularly heavy, especially compared to to a, a, a combustion an- engine of its size. But you do have to add uh, batteries and and look whatever you can fit. If you're let's say you're you got a '69 Camaro and you're outfitting the trunk with batteries, you're going to be limited with, limited with how much you can put back there. But uh, and that's going to contribute to weight and range. Uh, but if you want to grow it to, let's say, a rear seat delete, so now you're doing trunk and rear seat delete, you can do that. So I, I would imagine that's where the options sort of come in with a company like this. It's like, what are you putting it in? Is it big? Is it small? Do you want range? Do you want power? How much room do you have? You know, what sort of cooling, you know, you need? A lot of variables. Yeah, there's there's a few variables with it. So um, I, I would imagine there's there's probably some sort of like, 150 mile version up to 300 mile version like depending on what you can fit and and maybe you mm. can even maybe that range is even wider it could be 80 to 500 you know it really mm. kind of depends i believe that uh when we did carcast live uh, a year ago at the peterson museum uh, a guy was showing us his uh porsche 911 uh you know, air-cooled Porsche style. It looked, you know, not the big fendered version, sort of the, the slabby fender version. And he did an electric uh, conversion to it, and it was cool. And the, it was in the back. And I think he had like a 100-mile range. Um, it didn't need a lot of batteries, but it was so small. It was so lightweight. It was really at this point, it was just battery weight, and the electric motor seemed to work. And I think he said it was like 100 miles range, uh, uh, the way he had it configured. So uh, weight has a big factor in, in things as well. Like also consider a lot of the weight of, say, a Model S or a Model X with its crazy doors is not just the batteries. There's a lot of vehicle there. And not to mention, you know, airbags and safety equipment and all that other stuff mm-hmm. that you have. Uh, that uh, some of the earlier muscle cars and trucks don't necessarily have, don't necessarily need. But the uh, the engine, the motor package with the coupler is thirty thousand dollars, and when you start adding adding uh, the batteries and stuff, you're you're knocking on the door of fifty thousand dollars, give or take. Um, that does not bode well, especially because. I'm pretty sure electric motors like these Tesla motors are I don't know 5 grand maybe maybe 10 grand and at 30 grand forget even the 50 grand but at 30 grand I don't know can can't you buy almost buy an entire model 3 <laughs> and just exactly and and just take everything off of that and 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 do it this way. Not to mention, you'll get wiring and gauges and all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, I, I guess there's some there's a simplicity factor of saying, "Hey, I like that it's got the motor mounts configuration and this coupler that allows it to go to a drive shaft." But there's also guys that are going to say, "You know what might be easier is just tear the body off of a Model Three and start grafting on some some vintage car body, something that might have a similar size or wheelbase or something along the lines of that." Yeah, you're going to have that ugly uh, uh, Tesla dashboard in there, but uh, uh, you know that that happens. You know, you could you could go either way with it, but um, 
I, it's cool to be the first new kid on the block, but it you know it's 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 really dependent upon purchase price at this point. Yeah, well, you know, you know, part of the issue is is Tesla doesn't really embrace the aftermarket, and they don't need to. The way, let's say, GM oh. performance, Chevrolet performance, Ford performance, uh, a lot of the other car companies do, especially with their support for racing and 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 things like that. So Tesla doesn't offer electric motors they don't they don't sell them in the aftermarket there's no crate engine package for them there's nothing like that so uh these guys at 30 grand they got to go find a wrecked car or or salvage something or refurbish the motors and you know rebuild something uh i'm not sure exactly how many are out there but uh i would imagine all the ones that are that were on autopilot and crashed into a bus that motor is available <laughs> exactly so are these are they available to the public now yes i believe they are uh they had the please let's check back in a couple episodes and see where they're going with it you know, I, listen, I, I love the idea, and maybe the price point comes down at some point. You know, we've had this discussion before. I, I don't. I'm not mad at the price. That's just the entry level version of what it is. Like, look, people spent. Uh, you know, I, Adam and I make fun of Jimmy Kimmel because he spent eighty five thousand dollars on a huge plasma TV years ago, and and now they basically now give those things 10. away when you fill up with ten gallons of ninety one octane out here. You know, yeah. Like you could walk into a, a, a Costco and for two thousand dollars you could buy a tv that he spent eighty five thousand dollars on so uh, at some point that price is going to come down and as more and more companies get into hybrid technology and electrification i would imagine these motors are going to start to become available this company ev west is is using tesla motors uh, that they salvage, but at some point there's going to be third-party vendors creating electric motors and selling them to the Fiskers and the, maybe the GMs of the world. And you know, car companies use all sorts of vendors, uh, not necessarily for their for for everything, but uh, but they do. So there's probably going to be an electric motor vendor or several that pop up, and you could just go to the source and just say, hey, you know, I want to buy. 50 of these things and turn them into crate engines or or whatever or who knows i mean it 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 wouldn't surprise me if somebody like a chevrolet performance says well we have chevy chevy volt technology and chevy bolt mm-hmm. technology uh can they offer that as some sort of crate motor package the way they do with so many of their gas engines right they have a for huge a reasonable price yeah for a reasonable price right and they have the volume to to make that happen, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't pulled the statistics, but uh, the crate engine business is is massive. Do you know how many Coyote engines Ford sells out of the oh Ford God. Performance catalog? You know, yeah. uh, how many uh, uh, d- uh, Hemi engines have popped up? Late model Hemi's have popped up. How many LS crate engines? LS X crate engines. Huge market, and and I'm just talking the factory direct ones: Chevrolet Performance, Ford Performance, mm-hmm. Dodge, and I'm not talking about the aftermarket blocks like the Dart block I've used based off of Ford. You know any of that stuff? I'm just talking about direct from the manufacturer. Just just every you know they must move. I don't know a, a ton, a ton of them. Huge you know, it's got to be a huge. It's got to huge be a huge business. So why wouldn't the electric motors be? Uh, 
be more readily available over the years. Well, hopefully they're available immediately out in California, considering what Newsom's trying to do. I know, right? For well, certainly for the new cars. Uh, anyway, before uh, before we move on, uh, we're from our friends at Geico. You know what's really scary? Seeing just how much you could be saving on car insurance by switching to Geico. Almost as scary as that homemade elf costume your mom made you wear in junior high school. Well, Geico can't erase the memory of tripping down the hallway in those pointy shoes, but they can sure can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So stop waking up with a, uh, with a cold sweat in the middle of the night wondering what happened to that green onesie. Just switch to Geico and save. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Switch to Geico.com. You still got your green onesie, don't you? Oh, my God. I'm wearing it now. <laughs> under under my Hoonigan lower shirt. lower body shot uh, under my Hoonigan shirt. Speaking of Hoonigan, uh, oh my God, Ken Block. I don't know if he was uh, putting together a fun project for his daughter or trying to punk <laughs> his daughter, but uh, I love the idea that Ken Block uh, went out and bought a, a, a shitty Fox body Mustang convertible. And uh, immediately drove it home and broke it uh, by just uh, pulling a Goldberg in the cl- in the in the parking lot out there with his big burnouts and donuts like you did over at the Hoonigan lot oh, yeah. <laughs> out here. And uh, he uh, he you know he's roughly my age, maybe he's a little older, so he's uh, has memories of Vanilla Ice and the 5.0 song and the whole thing there and uh he got inspired uh to put together his his Vanilla Ice flavored <laughs> uh, white Mustang convertible that uh he he put together a a great like 15 minute video that you guys should watch it's kind of fun it's not an ongoing series it's just a great little uh, a fun video of them going out, getting this car, bringing it back, uh, doing a quick restoration on it. They work with a lot of my friends, uh, uh, you know, Maximum Motorsports and late model restoration companies that I've worked with on 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 my Mustangs and the Lightning and and uh, other projects. And uh, they restored this convertible with the intention of. Having a vehicle to teach Ken Block's daughter more about drifting. Now, he took her out in his uh, escort race car and uh, just, you know, learned to do donuts and all that stuff. And and I'll tell you, she's a natural out at it. She's 14 years old. She got behind the wheel, got some instructor from the man himself, good old dad. And uh, it worked out well. She had a great time doing that. So he put together this Mustang. And I know all the press that's out there, everything that's like, here's the headline is Ken Block makes a Mustang for his daughter, a drift machine for his daughter, makes it for his it daughter. Worked. It It worked. But the punchline is this. She doesn't get to keep the car. She doesn't even really like the car. I'm, I'm not picking on her in any way. She seems fantastic. And it's just 14 year olds are into different stuff that we were into when I was, you know, when I was 14. Um, she doesn't necessarily understand the love affair of the Fox Body Mustang for those who grew up with it like I did. Uh, so he kind of punked her in a way. He's like, happy birthday. You get this car. She's like, awesome. She's like, no, I'm super grateful, but I was kind of hoping for something maybe, you know, a little newer. 
<laughs> and uh, uh, he put the big e-brake lever in it. He put the big angle kit in the front. So the stance is really weird. And like in all the still photos, it looks like the suspension's broken in the front or it's sitting on airbags in the front. So they put together this nice piece. And he said in his video at the end, and I'm ruining it for you, but you should watch the video. At, at, anyway, but he said, yeah, you're not really going to get the car. But – that your birthday gift is you're going to learn to drift in this car, and we're bringing in our friend Von Gittin Jr., who's going to come in and uh, and teach you how to drive. He's Ford's factory driver. Um, and uh, by the way, we're going to have Von Gittin on our show, I believe, next month. I'm putting that together right now. Uh, he's just been busy racing, and we love to talk to Von. He's always so energetic and charismatic, and. Uh, uh, he's got crazy suits that he wears. When we go to uh, when we were at Goodwood, we went to the the big formal uh, event. Uh, it was Lord March, but he's Duke of Richmond now. I guess he got a promotion, and he had like a full on like suit and tie with like Pac Man all over it, like pattern of uh, Vaughn, and uh, uh, he's great. I, I've done a bunch of events with him as well. So Ken Block's daughter Leah, I believe it's Leah. Forgive me if I got that wrong. She's going to learn to drift in this car. Uh, her instructor is going to be the great Vaughn Gittin Jr. And then Hoonigan is going to give away that car. And it's going to be a fun toy for somebody to play around with. So uh, uh, check out the video. It's 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 on uh, YouTube. It's kind of a fun little thing. I like what they did with it. And then, of course um, – I really think the whole motivation behind all of this was so Ken Block can do a FaceTime chat or a Zoom chat with Vanilla Ice because uh, they had never met before and they got on the video. And I, it, it's interesting in the video because Vanilla Ice said, hey, I've got the car. He goes, I just restored it like two years ago, the original car from the from the video which is, uh, at the, by the way, 90s over the top. It's white with white and red interior and huge sound system. But he ended up restoring the car and uh, was excited about it and talked about sort of making fun of what he – you know what he was in the 90s you got to have a good sense of humor about it like why not you'll all do right even if you think about wrestling in the day and uh and some of the the costumes and characters from back then to 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 now uh how things have sort of evolved some of it's funny some of it's is still uh on par with what it is yeah you know but that's part of that's part of the way it works Uh, But as he's Zooming or or FaceTiming with Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice is like, here's the car, and he's standing at his warehouse. You're like, that guy's got a collection. That guy's got some cool cars back there. I I think I saw mostly everything is white because he's Vanilla Ice, but uh, I I think I saw a new Ferrari, maybe like a 488 in the background, and of course he had uh, a handful of things. I also know... He's a he's a pretty big like dirt bike rider and stuff. I, I when he was in Florida, my brother was doing a a lot of uh, dirt bike riding, and every time he'd go out, Vanilla Ice was just out there doing laps on the dirt track with everybody else, which was uh he's done that for years. Yeah, you know? for for That's years. One of his first loves. And uh, I I. Get him on the show. We'll talk about his collection. Yeah, we we probably should. Uh, we should do that. Um, I don't know him that well. I met him, I think, at an event at SEMA last year, actually. 
but uh i can get to him yeah yeah we'd love to reach out to him and talk talk to him a little bit about the collection see what he's hiding back there and and uh, what he's evolved from, as he said, from his uh, ridiculous shirts and Z Cavaricci pants to to what he is today. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with him to, to see what he's doing. So anyway, that's kind of a fun car that uh, that uh, that Ken Block built. It's going to be a giveaway car. It should be kind of fun to. Uh, you threw to a curveball at me, man. You mentioned Hoonigans, and then you mentioned you know the name Leah. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about what she went through. Yeah, Leah Pruitt. Uh, uh, Leah. Well, I said Leah Pruitt, but it's Pritchett. Yeah, but she's married and so adopted the. I don't know what his last name is, but let's just call her Leah. Leah, drag racer Leah. <laughs> uh, obviously, a friend of the show. We've done. You've done several videos. You've done speed course stuff with her. Uh, we've all been together and uh, raced during the the the, uh, the Dodge event up Road in uh, at Roadkill Nights uh, with Dodge and did the celebrity shootout and uh, we all kind of raced each other and had a, had a fun time doing that. She was uh, drag racing, uh, I b- believe it was this past weekend, and just a, a huge uh, fail with the car, and it looked like uh, the car. The top fuel car just bent in half at the middle, like just broke and bent in half at the middle and folded uh, like a stapler, just like folded itself uh, underneath it. And this isn't the first time we've seen that. Uh, uh, a friend of mine uh, also went down that uh, went down that path, and and his car folded up and and. Uh, and, and he walked away as well, but uh, pretty pretty crazy crash. I would imagine that would definitely make you sore, definitely shake you up. But uh, this car just but Christ, she got right out of the. Thing I, I mean, walked it, away. It really speaks to uh, uh, the 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 safety precautions they're they're putting into these these cars now. Unfortunately, uh, a lot of these safety precautions. Uh, Disaster had to happen for them to learn how to make it safer and safer. Over the years, there have been some pretty uh, terrible crashes uh, that resulted in in deaths and injuries. But learn from those. And NHRA, I would say, has always done a pretty good job in learning from that. But that's that's really guys like John Force and the other team members and the team owners going, hey, we, we need to all learn from this. The cars we make, we need to pull together our our, our tech resources, um, our, you know, to, to put together uh, cars that work, that are safe. But you watch that crash in slow motion. That thing just folds in half, basically explodes, shatters on impact, but the capsule or this little pod that she sits in now stayed intact by design. And uh, when that thing landed uh, and pulled over to a stop, it was right side up. So she was able to just sort of pop the top of the the capsule off and you see her <laughs> get out of the car, sort of shake it off, get her bearings and uh, the the emergency workers are are coming toward her and she's holding up her head. She's like, don't, don't touch me yet. Let me just <laughs> figure out where I am and what the hell is going on. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you, 
even her uh, sort of the post-race interview, uh, what composure and professionalism. Um, I probably would be bawling just from nerves shaking going, I can't believe what just happened there. She's, But she uh, later went and, and I think did her, her Instagram post or social media post and sort of talked about uh, what it felt like to do it. And this isn't the first time. And uh, uh, but, but, by the way, Larry Dixon as well. Larry Dixon's a friend of a friend of ours and a good friend of uh, our guys on Shift and Steer, my other podcast. And Larry Dixon had a similar experience, uh, a similar crash with, with basically just the chassis, that the two-prime chassis just breaking and folding in half. Wasn't Bernstein similar to that? I think, I think his was. And... Um, the big crash for Funny Car, I believe, it was Eric Medlin, who unfortunately yeah. did not survive. But that crash was also one of the most significant steps forward in safety. After that, that's really when John Force and a bunch of uh, the other teams said, "Hey, we we need to we need to make this safer for us. We're going faster and bigger and better, and and we need to make it uh, safer." So she described the the accident. She's like, "Hey, when this car went up in the air." It just felt like forever. It's just every, just your 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 whole life, your heartbeat, everything just feels like it's in slow motion. And she just kept thinking, "It's going to hurt when I hit the ground. <laughs> like at some point, I have to come down." And then you you watch the slow motion video of it, and it's it's amazing. And then you watch it in real time, and it's so fast. Everything just happens so quickly. It just it's just boom 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 and it's done and then it just seemed like within seconds the race started the crash happened and she's popping the capsule open and she's crawling out of the thing and the whole thing was like I don't know five seconds long it seemed like but in her mind she's like it seemed like ten minutes long it just Eternity, seemed for, for forever uh, uh, but uh, uh, man hell of, hell of a crash so glad she's uh, she's okay I would imagine that. Uh, that uh, the checkup on that, <laughs> like you go to the doctor's office and you go, yeah, my back's a little sore. My neck's a little sore. Oh, what happened? I was in a little bit of a car wreck. Would you like to see the video and have the doctor be like, holy shit. <laughs> like, what, like what's going, what the hell? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, just my neck's a little sore. Uh, another thing about Leah and, and this is a, I'm sure is a huge benefit. You can probably speak to this better than than anybody being a lifelong athlete is that she is an athlete. She's constantly working out and wakeboarding and just doing all sorts of stuff that uh, makes your body able to take those hits better, right? You've got to have this defense mechanism and you got to be flexible and you got to be able to heal quickly and and like you've taken some hits as a young the, man and as a yeah, not so young man. Play, all that comes into play until age hits. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to say, yeah. Uh, that's the that's the equalizer. But you're you're completely right. I mean, look at Mark Martin. You know, remember how fit he was as a NASCAR driver mm-hmm. when it before it was cool. And, you know, the ability for him to endure throughout a three and a half hour race, 500 laps. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, there's no question; it's a huge advantage. It, it's not even about being a a big guy. There's so much of the workout that has to do with uh, 
with endurance and flexibility and a lot of that really contributes to how you can take a hit, like in a car, in an accident, I'm sure in a ring, on a football field. Now, football oftentimes has different demands. Wrestling has different demands where strength is a huge portion of it, so everyone's much bigger. But but look at the workout regimens of – of IndyCar drivers and Formula One drivers and NASCAR drivers and, you know, not not big dudes. Well, the, the one caveat in drag race is probably Matt Hagen. <laughs> yeah, Matt's a, Matt's a, Matt's a pretty impre- got a pretty impressive physique for a driver. He and, he yeah. and Caps are totally different ends of the spectrum, right? <laughs> yeah, they, yes, they actually – they really are, but uh, – uh, anyway, to a testament to her always being sort of active and keeping herself in good shape and uh, uh, it's going to make this so much easier for her to heal up and keep going. But, man, that's a, a crazy, uh, crazy, crazy accident. Um, let me tell you guys a little bit more about Dodge. Summertime is the best time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. A Dodge Power Dollars is offering $10 off. Uh, the total horsepower of your new car, $10 off for each horsepower. So every uh, 2020 Challenger, every Durango, every Charger will apply to this. You can enjoy the sweet sounds of a Dodge Charger. You can get the SRT Scat Pack. It's got 485 horsepower. Well, you get $4,850 off on that car. And uh, Dodge uh, Power Dollars, the summer Power Dollars are back on the Dodge Durango. And the Durango is a performance-driven SUV, and it makes summer trips a breeze. You can fit everyone in the Durango's seven-passenger seating capacity as well. So it's a great uh, road trip car as well. You get more power. You get more off. It's that simple. So hurry into your local Dodge dealer now to take advantage of Dodge Power Dollar. I got to call bullshit. On my copy, the TRX was in it. Oh, well, uh I don't know about that. <laughs> I, I didn't see the. I don't see the discount applied to the TRX. Wishful thinking. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm hoping to get into one of those and be able to test it soon. They're just doing some of the press drives, but they're not issuing the truck yet. Um, but I've got that coming up. But speaking of Dodge, uh, we know the Dodge Demon was coming to an end. It was always meant to be limited production, and some of the features on it were going to be exclusive to that vehicle. And uh, they ended the line at about 3,300 demons. And, you know, they, they've held their value pretty well, some even selling for double the sticker price in the aftermarket, which is – it's it was actually kind of crazy. And I don't know how the list worked, but Dodge had a few of the demons – available while they were still training at auction for way exactly. more than, than the sticker price. I don't it know. It makes just, no sense with zero, well, excuse me, with three to five miles on it. Yeah. So I, I'm not exactly sure how that new car market is working when you can buy one. And I don't know, maybe some of the dealers or the dealers that had them were asking for crazy markups and or, or something along those lines. I don't know. But 3,300 demons were made in total. They're phasing that out. As we talked about before, though, the Challenger Superstock will be available. And uh, that could potentially become a collector car like the Demon as well. And I, I think it's a badass car and it sort of uh, makes it, I don't know, maybe a little bit more of a streetable version of what the Demon was. Um, but uh, but interesting to say the least. They actually sold a handful of these this year. 
and it's going to be very exclusive. They're going to continue making them next year, but they sold 200 of the 2020 Challenger SRT Superstock cars. And I would imagine that in a few years from now, maybe not that many, uh, these are going to start showing up at a few auctions going, hey, I've got a one of the first 200, the only 2020s available out there. You got a grin on your face like you should have had one of those. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 obviously I'm a Dodge guy and obviously I've got, you know, garage full of most all of their products. But, you know, as happy as I am about what they bring out month after month or quarter after quarter, man, this is kind of, it's getting maddening, you know? Yeah, um, it is. Uh, I love the option. I love the super stock um, grinning and grimacing at the same time. Yeah. I'm pissed off. I didn't get one of the 200, but it's, it's kind of hard to justify it when you've got all the other, their other models. Um, you know, Hey, it, it's a great tweener car. It's a, it's a demon that turns basically the red eye with 10 more horsepower or 20 more horsepower. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see what it does. Now, you know, I got a question. How, how about the, the now the Viper still is for sale? Correct. They discontinued it, but they still they still sell some of the new Vipers. Yeah. Right? So if if there's a new Viper on a lot somewhere, you could go and buy it. And uh, I'm not exactly sure how it worked out, but I think two or three brand new vipers were were sold this year so far no and somehow a lexus lfa i think it was never titled and maybe the dealer had it as a display or a way to get somebody in the showroom um i don't recall the full story on it and then eventually wanted to sell it and somebody went in and bought it and they bought a brand new lexus lfa supercar Never, never titled. But yeah, there was a few Vipers, and I, I'm I'm guessing there was a few Vipers in in stock. I don't think they were ordered up. Uh, if I had to to guess, I would say, you know, again, like uh, the dealers probably ordered a few. They didn't want to sell it right away. It was a it was a it was a a halo car to get people into the showroom, something they can show off, have a little fun with, uh, you know, as a display. Um, or, you know, a cars and coffee or whatever they wanted to do with it. And then eventually they wanted to sell it and then they, they sold it or it was just sitting there and nobody was looking to, to buy it and, or they didn't tell anybody about it, but yeah, they sold a few new Vipers. Or they were asking more than 25 over. Yeah. Or they were asking too much money for it, which is, yeah, I didn't want to, I don't want to turn it into a sad story, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, anyway, we're going to, we're going to wrap things up. We've got another podcast coming in, but, um, before we do just a little, just a little bit more of Corvette news. Corvette C8. We know the Corvette C8 is out there. It's got a few little bugs, some braking issues, the frunk issue. It's all getting worked out, as you would expect with a brand new model like that. Um, and we're going to be seeing a Z06, possibly ZR1. But uh, there's spy photos of a car that's out there that uh, you know looks like a regular Corvette C8 and with more rubber on the ground, but without any of the crazy vents and stuff that could potentially be a Z06 or ZR1. People were speculating as to what it is, and it would make sense for it to be a Grand Sport. It would just be the slight upgrade to the current uh, uh, C8, well, like they were doing with the C7. So, and the Grand Sport, I always thought, was a great bang for the buck. You get a little bit of that fender flare, a little more tire on the ground. I believe the Grand Sport had dry sump oiling, whereas 
the non version was was wet sump oiling. So you get some of the racing benefits, track benefits of the on the Grand Sport without spending the big money, the big Z06 and ZR1 money. So it could be kind of interesting to uh, to see a, a C8 Grand Sport, even with a little bit of a flair to it, a little more meat on the ground. Do you have any idea of the sales numbers for the for that the, the for the new Corvette for no, 2020? I, I don't yet, but I think numbers are are coming out. There's like an overall like the quarterly numbers, and I don't know how much they're going to include on C8 or how much GM is is breaking that out. But we'll find out uh, about that at some point. That uh, probably what do you, what's question. your guess? You know, I I think I. I I don't think it's overwhelming. I don't know if I had to guess a few thousand. Yeah, think? yeah. I think the the problem is is there was a lot of delays um, on releasing the car at the end of last year, and then pandemic caused other delays. So you know, I I'm still wondering if they're trying to to catch up on on making some for to fulfill the orders, and not just the customer orders, but dealer. You know, a lot of times the dealers will say, well, let's get two or three of them on the lot that we can sell and we'll configure them in a way that we think customers will want. Uh, we know that uh, that Edmunds waited a bit for theirs. Mm-hmm. You know, and- There's so many contributing factors in 2020 that could seriously make some very good investments as far as muscle cars. You know, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the super stock and the C. I I mean – very curious to see production or not production numbers, but sales numbers. I, I'm just speculating. I'm just pulling a number out of the air. If I had to, two or three thousand. That I just don't think it's a ten thousand number. I just think I think it's two or three thousand. But I really, have I'm going to guess under that. Yeah, I'll go for the under. Uh, C8 Corvette sales numbers. See if anything. Uh, I'm wondering if anything sort of comes up. I don't. I don't know if uh, you're saying under two or three thousand. I've seen oh. two. <laughs> I nailed it. It's twenty four fifty nine. Ah, you're lying. <laughs> you're just reading an arbitrary number on there. It says twenty five hundred, basically. But this was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that was uh, in Q2. Now, is that built or sold? Corvette deliveries were 2,500 uh, by uh, Q2 of this year. So, um, you know, r- roughly the first six months of the year. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the, the total numbers are going to are going to be at that. You know, cause could it, yeah. could it be a swerve? Hey, we're coming out with only 200 super stocks this year. Well, but yep. only sold like shit, you know, I mean, I don't yeah. know. But look, they could have done 2,500 the first half of the year and they can do 5,000 the second half of the year. Right. Because, you know, car dealers have opened up things like that. So, um, anyway, that's, uh, that's all the time we've got for, uh, for this week. Am I missing anything, Bill? Any updates you got going on? No, Garage will be breaking ground uh, next week, it looks like. And uh, we're working hard on selling a new TV show where I'm going to kick a bunch of people's ass. 
asses on the tarmac. So I, I saw. Soon there'll be no, you didn't. I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be no, a good show. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be. I heard about, I heard about a sizzle. I, I heard about a little something, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. So hopefully, we'll have some more updates on uh, on on that as well. So uh, good luck for that. Um, by the way, I saw that uh, Steve Austin's back doing his uh, his show as well, and I'm I'm curious to get some updates. Are you guys are going to do your your TV show, your your spinoff movie deal with uh, NCIS and all that. I'm a fan of it. There's no secret it's out there, so this one's not a secret. Somebody green light the NCIS Goldberg Steve Austin. We got to get contract so, signed first. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, so get that going. All right, guys, we're going to wrap things up. Show me the money. <laughs> I'm, I'm brokering the deal right now, so just remember, just remember the, that oh, percentage. Oh, absolutely. You'll get your little piece. <laughs> Yeah. All right, guys. Put it towards our our new venture. I know. We got to do that for sure. Um, I'm going to follow up on with you on that uh, very, very soon. Uh, It's going to be that's going to be a fun project as well. But all right, guys, thanks so much for listening. Until next time, uh, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Stay between the lines. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. You know what's really scary? Seeing just how much you could be saving on car insurance by switching to Geico. Almost as scary as that homemade elf costume that your mom made you wear in junior high school. Well, Geico can't erase the memory of tripping down the hallway in those pointy shoes, but they can save you 15% or more on car insurance. So stop waking up at night in a cold sweat wondering what happened to that green onesie. Just switch to Geico and save. In 15 minutes, you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance.